0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today.
1: So what happened on January 6th, all I could do is thank Allah that I wasn't here. I felt overwhelming relief and I feel bad for Alexandria so many of my colleagues that were here. But as I saw it, I thought to myself, thank God I'm not there. I saw the images that they didn't get to see until later.
0: It's a lot of crying. It's a lot of tearing up from Rashida Tlaib. There in the the floor of the House of Representatives, gathered with some other Democrats, sharing their stories of being survivors, although Rashida Tlaib wasn't there the the day of, of the Capitol riots but worried about others as she was. As we all know, she has a long history of worrying about other people.
2: People love you, and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't, because we're
3: going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother... (laughs)
0: Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Representative Ocasio-Cortez got caught in a lie. She got caught embellishing a story. She got caught throwing Capitol Police under the bus. She got caught making herself the center of attention and trying to insinuate that anybody who disagrees with her is akin to a sexual abuser. She got caught, and she couldn't believe it. She was the bear with her paw in the trap. She couldn't believe it. How was she gonna get her paw out of this trap? How dare you set the trap? How dare you notice? How dare you come at me? How dare you lie about me? No one lied about you. You're the one who lied. You also lied about Representative Nancy Mace. Representative Nancy Mace, who was in the same part of the Capitol as you were when this took place, and said quite clearly, look, someone could absolutely positively think uh, this was uh, scary, even traumatic.
2: It's a seven to ten minute walk. If you walk fast you can probably get there in five or six minutes but it is a hike and at one point during this entire event I was stuck under the tunnels. I mean this was a traumatic experience and I'm not going to discount that for anyone that lived through that day. It was a very harrowing experience but we have to separate fact from fiction and the facts are there were there was no violent mob in the hallways. Uh, The the, the folks who were there to riot weren't in the Cannon office building Um, and so we have to be very clear and not exaggerate this experience or take advantage of it and politicize it in any way shape or form and that was that was my entire point just to be truthful about it
0: there's nothing wrong with being afraid when you were there on January 6th and there's this riot in the Capitol you don't know what's gonna happen Nancy Mace said she barricaded herself in, in her office that makes perfect sense to rational people it was representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who said she was hiding behind a bathroom door and someone was screaming, where is she? Where is she? As if she was in imminent danger when she was in none. She didn't describe it as, you know, so this happened. I thought I was in danger. Turns out it was a Capitol police officer who was looking to to help me. No, she pushed sinister intent onto that officer and he was glaring and he was angry and he didn't identify himself as capitol police and my legislative uh, uh liaison was was sizing him up thinking he might have to fight him what are you doing no one's going to say to you that it probably wasn't scary regarding the capitol police no one but what you did Representative Ocasio-Cortez is embellished the story and you put sinister intent onto Capitol Police officers and you accused a sitting senator of attempted murder which should by the way cost you your committee assignments and then you said of all Americans that if you even question me if you question me in any way you are also an abuser. You're an abuser just like sexual sexual abusers. Holy cow. Well, that's not gonna work. And none of it did work. And further and further, Representative Ocasio Cortez realized she was stuck in the trap. So what happened? What happened was CBS put her on this morning. CBS put her on, put her on TV, and Gail King said, Oh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, tell us your harrowing tale. The building they
3: joined us now for an exclusive interview good morning to you both congresswoman i want to start with you because that day i remember it was so upsetting and so frightening just watching from the privacy and safety in my kitchen so to hear your very terrifying account of that horrible day was in a word just terrifying to hear the details and i wonder if it's triggered all sorts of things for you because i think sometimes when you speak about it you're reliving it again i'm wondering what the experience
0: has been for you yeah it's been terrifying. I was terrified just hearing about it. Are you triggered? Whoa! Way to set it up, Gail King. You did your job. Let me just say, your invita- invitation to the Christmas parties, I'm sorry, the holiday soirees, definitely coming. <laughs> they are all yours. Tell us now, Ocasio-Cortez, what it was like.
4: Well, I think one of the things that we've learned, especially in um, in counseling services offered to House members, is that telling our stories and retelling it, especially right after um, the events transpired, is a really important part to healing and um, and getting through it. And so, once we tell that story, and this applies to survivors of trauma all over the country, telling that story as many times as possible and giving that account, allowing yourself to move through that emotion
0: i gotta stop counseling services survivors you weren't there you were. you were in your office which is a tunnel away and as representative nancy mace explained when i played some of her audio it's a seven to ten minute walk it's it's five to six minutes if you're if you're really moving you weren't there Survivors are a real thing who have been through real horrors and real hardships. Sexual abuse is one of the ways we discuss survivors, right? I am not saying that it wasn't scary. I am saying that it seems to me that Representative Ocasio-Cortez is utilizing survivors as her shield. And I'm saying so. And I find it despicable. And I have to wonder whether there are actual survivors out there who feel the same way. I noted or I I noticed that Jake Tapper, who is not a newsman, the things I want to say about Jake Tapper, but I don't for the sake of my affiliates and not getting them in trouble. The attempt to whitewash this and change the subject has been going on for a week, but I don't think we've seen anyone try to rewrite history as brazenly as McCarthy on the House floor yesterday. He's talking, what is he talking about? Pretending that the riots didn't happen? The riots happened. But to listen to Representative Ocasio-Cortez, she stepped in it. She embellished her story. She placed sinister intent on Capitol Police. She accused a sitting senator of attempted murder. She then said anybody who questions her story is akin to an abuser. She put her paw in the trap, and she got so screwed by doing so that CBS had to come to her rescue. The day after, she basically had a drum circle in the House of Representatives where you had members who were apologizing for their white privilege. Representative Dean Murphy did this. And Dean Murphy's got one of the craziest stories in the world. He's like, hey, they're coming after us. Let's go join the Republicans.
1: We know what it feels like searching for something, anything, with which to defend ourselves. And realizing a pencil is
0: about all we had. And we know what it feels like thinking that it's a real possibility that we would not see our families and loved ones again. We won't forget. We won't forget. But I'm not here this evening to seek sympathy or just to tell my story, rather to make a public apology for recognizing that we were sitting ducks in this room as the chamber was about to be breached. I screamed to my colleagues to follow me, to follow me across the aisle to the Republican side of the chamber, so that we could blend in. His theory was they wouldn't go after the Republicans, which is as sick and twisted as anything, because wasn't it? weren't they on this hunt for then Vice President Pence? And when he wanted to go over and join the Republicans, he realized that uh, his brothers and sisters who are, are brown, they wouldn't be able to blend in. And I realized what my privilege is all about. Holy cow. By the way, you shouldn't just have a pencil to defend yourself. You should carry a firearm like Congresswoman Lauren Boebert told you you should. Maybe all of you should grow up and realize that a sidearm isn't the worst thing in the world. Jake Tapper continues, a newsman, my you-know-what. The MAGA allied officials and media are now attempting to pretend the January 6th MAGA terrorist attack, you gotta love how he says that, wasn't a big deal, that those who were scared aren't being sincere or any other whitewashing was not only predictable, it was predicted. Liars lie, writes Jake Tapper. It's what they do. Is he referring to Nancy Mace? Is he saying of representative Nancy Mace that she is downplaying what happened when she goes on Sean Hannity's show and says this? No, you
2: would never want to go through what we went through, and I'm not going to discount those feelings at all. This was a very traumatic and harrowing day. It was a dark day in our nation's history. But we have to be truthful when we we share our stories and our experiences, because we want everyone to understand what we went through and believe us when we talk about it. But when you exaggerate it and are, are dishonest about how you represent what actually happened, it waters down everyone's trauma and their experience. I've been very vocal about the experiences of that day.
0: As Stephen Miller points out on Twitter, Jake Tapper subtweeting Nancy Mace is a very catty move, a very mean girl move. Because it seems that Jake Tapper is talking about Nancy Mace without mentioning her by name, and that's referred to as subtweeting when you do it on Twitter. He also makes mention of the fact that Representative Nancy Mace is an actual rape survivor. is the argument now that Nancy Mace is playing down what it is that Representative Ocasio-Cortez went through and that it's all about those MAGA people being MAGA people and light. All of this to cover for the fact that Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lied. She lied. I use the term she embellished her story she lied. She made it sound like she was there, and she wasn't there. And in any other case, we would call it a lie. We give her a, a pass? No. And America isn't. And then she uh, placed sinister intent, sinister, mo- sinister motive on Capitol Police. Despicable. Despicable. unacceptable and she accused a sitting senator of attempted murder when that is absolutely not what he did that's a lie as well and she should be thrown off Twitter for such things and she should have her committee assignments revoked just like representative Marjorie Greene had her committee assignments revoked and it doesn't matter how many people she gathers on the floor of the house to cry about their experience and basically say that they're survivors like somebody who was raped was, is a survivor. To use those women as shields against political fallout for her lies and then CBS, led by Gail King right there, coming to the rescue so we could all feel sorry for you and hear your harrowing tale. And of course we should ask the key question. Are you afraid to be around Representative Marjorie Green? I want to ask you both because we're running out of
3: time about Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Green. You know, yesterday, uh, the House has voted to, to strip her of her, her uh, position on the committee. But I'm wondering if either one of you have concerns and fears going forward about working with her. I know Congresswoman um, Cortez, Ocasio-Cortez, you had called for her to be expelled. Are you worried now about working with her? Are you afraid of being around her? Well, you know, I think
4: where we draw the line is that this, this is a place in our our nation's capital is a place for robust debate. It is where members with completely opposing views um, can coincide, coincide and, and coexist. But where the line is drawn is in, is in you know. Issuing physical threats mm-hmm. to other members, uh, you know, speaking about physically hurting or and the Speaker of the House um, posing with automatic
3: or semi-automatic weapons. No, we've weapons. all seen it. That's, that's why I'm asking this question. Yeah, Are you worried so, or, or afraid? And then we've got to go. I, I would hope that Representative Green um,
4: shows some reflection. Uh, I will feel...
0: We hope the same for you. You lied. And you had CBS cover for you, but we see you. And we're not going to forgive. You lied about what you experienced. You lied for your personal attention. You lied about Senator Ted Cruz. You lied about a Capitol Police officer. That's who you are, Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Now and forevermore. I'm Tony Katz.
2: On this vote, the yeas are 230 and the nays are 199. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table.
0: And just like that, Marjorie Green was removed from her committee assignments yesterday. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, uh, I just don't think people should get worked up about it. I don't think there's anything to get worked up about it. She's still a member of Congress. She's still gonna get to vote. She's still gonna speak her mind. She's gonna have people supporting her. She's not my person. I've had people saying to me I'm being too rough on her. It's too much condemnation. No, I'm cool. I'm cool. On this, we're gonna disagree, and I'm fine with it. I'm not into conspiracy theory. I'm not into some of the nonsense that she spouted and put out there. I'm not into this conversation about the Rothschild's funding lasers in space. Don't tell me it's too much condemnation. I think it's just the right amount. She's, But she's still there. I just, I don't think everyone should get beyond worked up about it. I think that it is valuable to say other people don't lose their committee assignments. You just heard me talk about Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Ilhan Omar hasn't gotten rid of... She hasn't lost her committee assignments and her anti-Semitism, her Jew hate? Representative uh, uh, Diaz-Balart voted. He's a Republican, but he voted to remove her committee assignments because he said, I did the same thing regarding Ilhan Omar. I'm being consistent. I can appreciate what he's saying and what he's doing. It's a solid tactic. Other people want to utilize the populist tactic. Well, if you don't do it to us, we're not going to, if you don't do it to your own, we're not going to do it to ours, and that's the way it's going to be, and you got to really fight. I just don't think it it pays to get worked up. She ain't my person, but she's probably going to make some votes I like, and we move on. I'm Tony Katz. Proof positive that I am a Second Amendment guy, not a gun guy. Support, support brace versus stock. <laughs> I I didn't know. The things you learn, I love you guys. You do good jobs of sharing with me. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. I was talking about uh, firearms earlier and uh, specifically the six-hour MPX and that, that it's compact and it's nine millimeter. I want to have everything in, in, in you know, one style of, of ammunition. And I was trying to explain it. And I said, you know, the, the, the stock basically can kind of like fold out. And so you can keep it really compact, and uh, I just I just like the way that 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 feels. And then I I, I got a tweet uh, from somebody, and and I appreciate it, Kim. Thank you. Um, it's a support brace, and there's a difference between a support brace and a stock. See, that's just it. You can't you can't fake it. You cannot fake being a gun guy. Don't lie. Don't try. Second Amendment. I can argue with the best of them. I can discuss all parts of it. Being uh, an expert on on firearms, not my thing. So, of course, uh, we had the vote that took place overnight on the $1.9 trillion relief plan. I'm going to get into that. But there was a really interesting story, and this isn't the only state where this is happening. This is being discussed in other places. This is Indiana, where there's a bill that's been proposed to pay remote workers to move to the state. So what happens is, is that you have uh, uh, places uh, where people come to, and and very often we, we think of Florida and Tennessee and Nashville area, Texas, right? So people move from other states to those places. In Indiana, the problem is people move from other parts of Indiana to Indianapolis, the capital. And then they move from Indianapolis out. They're not staying in state, and they're not staying in region. So how do you work on bringing more people into the state? Yeah, it, I mean, it's a serious issue because it's about workforce. I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff that's wholly unsexy, but is so tremendously important. And it really is about every citizen of that state to figure this one out, and what are you willing to do to ensure a growing workforce? Well, we don't want any more people, we certainly don't want those California crazies. Don't you send anybody from New York over here, and if they're from Massachusetts, they better turn right around. I don't disagree. I don't like them bringing their politics with them, which is why I have proposed the CATS rule that would say that somebody who moves in from out of state is not allowed to vote in a local election for three years. No local votes. I can't stop you from voting for senator or for president. You're not allowed to vote in any uh, state or local election for three years, you have to learn the place. Then you can learn that where you came from was nuts and that's why you left. You left that crazy because you knew it was crazy. And now you wanna bring your crazy here and say, you know, this is nice, but you know what we did back where, where, where I'm from? You know what we used to do where I used to live? No one cares. That's where you used to live. And you moved because it sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that too strong? Too, too strong for a Friday, is it? <laughs> How do you make where you live attractive is a serious issue and one that people spend time thinking about. One of those thought processes is pay them. So the idea in Indiana is that if you make 100 grand or less, live outside of the state, or you're a college graduate, you could get a $5,000 benefit to help reimburse taxes and moving costs. If it's more than 100 grand, it would be an $8,500 grant. You live here for a year, you submit an application with proof of expenses, done. Conceptually, it sounds so strange But I do get where they're at, and I don't think they are in a bad place. I don't think they are making a mistake because they're looking for a way. To keep the talent. And yes, you need the talent. You need the talent in all sorts of ways. Don't think of it as just one specific type of growth, right? You want the biomed growth, and you want uh, the healthcare growth, and and, then you want the technology growth and the coding growth. But you also want the manufacturing growth. And the people who will not recognize that manufacturing should be a part of what it is they do, those people are going to be left by the wayside. I mean, it's 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 just the facts. It's just the way it is. You need to have all of it to represent all the different parts of your economy. Not everybody wants to code. Oh, it pays more, sure, but not everybody wants to sit behind a computer. Don't deny those other people. It's a, I think it's a radical mistake. But instead of the payment, which may be a nice little little plus. I believe that states like Indiana, to compete properly, have to reduce their income tax to zero. Their state income tax has to be zero. You cannot compete in a state like Indiana on weather. So therefore, you're not going to compete with with Texas or Florida. Florida. If people, not companies necessarily, people are moving for weather. Companies could be moving for a variety of reasons. And in and Indiana just has a wonderful opportunity in that because it's truly center of nation. Center of nation. You know, the location, you, location, 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 location. You, you, you can't de- deny that, it, that it's important. But for people to want to move here, it has to have, well, excitement. It has to have entertainment. You know, we're talking about the, this cold snap uh, that, that's coming through. It's gonna get chilly. Negatives. Or you could be in West Palm Beach. Your choice. So you have to compete in ways that make the weather worth it. Well, if they don't wanna be here just because of the weather, then I don't want them. Okay, so you're willing to grow that much slower and willing to lose out on that many more opportunities financially that will then create the other entertainment opportunities, which make the state a more enjoyable place to be. They do a good job of attracting businesses here because as a Midwest state, it is comparatively far better and far easier to do business here than other states you move to indiana over illinois if you're a business if you're not there's something seriously wrong with you if you choose illinois over indiana i'm willing to say we didn't want you anyway I think, it's a, I think it's a rational point of view but if you want to attract the people that are going to work in those businesses Right, the business itself will attract people, but you want to really attract more people to be around these things. You got to make it more financially advantageous, because you can't make it more weatherwise advantageous. Yes, you need the more entertainment venues, and I and I like what we we've got, and I think that state that that places uh, uh, in northern Indiana need to continue to build out. We need them. To, the better they are, the better it is for the whole state. Right, I, I believe that absolutely to be true. The better things are in Fort Wayne and in Gary, Indiana, the better it is for Indianapolis and Evansville. Terre Haute, 100% not debate. I believe this to be true. But if you're already talking about paying people with cash, pay them with no taxes. Make it inviting in that way. I think it's an opportunity. I think it's one that absolutely should be uh, taken seriously. But people are going to look at that. Oh, you're going to pay people to be here? Is it that bad? No, it's not. It's glorious. It's glorious. But it is. It is. It is a solid approach. It's not one that should be knocked. I'm saying it needs a different style of attack, and that attack is lowering the income tax.
1: One man's theory. Thank okay. you. I'm Fingers Molloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. Bourbon is great for the big game, obviously so is pizza. Pizza Hut is now offering Detroit-style pizza. Many who have never tried Detroit-style pizza will dismiss it because, well, Detroit. But they're wrong, it's delicious. Detroit-style pizza is a rectangular pizza with a thick crust that is crispy and chewy. It is traditionally topped with Wisconsin brick cheese, then tomato sauce layered on top of the other toppings rather than directly onto the dough. style of pizza is often baked in a rectangular steel tray designed for use as automotive drip pans or to hold small industrial parts and in factories. Pizza Hut's Detroit style pizza is available in four recipes and feature cheese all the way to the edge and it's loaded with toppings and finished off with a vine ripened tomato sauce on top. For more information on the pizza, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eat drink smoke. This was the bourbon minute brought to you by eat drink smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on apple podcasts amazon music or your favorite podcast platform eat drink smoke
0: so we're gonna see joe biden's 1.9 trillion dollar plan come into effect Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. 833, you got Tony, 833-468-8669. It was 15 hours of voting. Started at like 2.30 in the afternoon on Thursday, ended 6 a.m. Friday. The budget resolution, 5150. 101 senators? No. It was a 50-50 tie. The vice president, Kamala Harris, casting the tie-breaking vote. And what that will do is allows the Senate to proceed towards the final vote, final bill, which will be under those budget reconciliation rules. Now those reconciliation rules mean no filibuster. You only need 51 votes and boom, it's done. So as long as the Democrats stay together on this, they're fine. Which would mean people like uh mansion and cinema. Now all was not for naught in these votes. Why did it take so long? Because Republicans said, if this is the way you're going to be, we're going to put you on the record with some really messed up stuff. I mean, we're going to we're gonna play with you. And that's exactly what happened. They started 100% screwing with them. There were a lot of votes that were taken. One of them, very solid. They agreed not to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Now, this was Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa who put this forward, the Ernst Amendment. And her point was, this is not the thing to do during a global pandemic. I don't care what she had to say. $15 an hour is a disaster as a minimum wage. Places paying $15 an hour, lots of places pay $15 an hour. As a minimum wage is a disaster. Then again, I'm a person who believes there should be no minimum wage based solely on on economics i believe milton friedman has it right the minimum wage prevents poor and underskilled people from being able to negotiate in their best interest if you take somebody who doesn't have skills and isn't worth let's say um uh 15 an hour we'll use that number right or we'll use what it is now is it 750 so the minimum wage seven dollars fifty cents it's not worth seven dollars and fifty cents what they can do if there was no minimum wage, they could say to you, look, I, I, I know you pay $7.50 an hour. I know I don't have the skills yet, but I'm going to show up every day, I'm going to work hard. Pay me $5 an hour. Pay me $5 an hour for, 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 four, for four months. Let me show you I can do this, then you'll pay me $7.50 an hour. The, empl- the p- potential employee would have a chance to empower themselves and negotiate for themselves an opportunity. That opportunity is taken away by the state, the government, under the, under the guise of decency. But it's not decency, it cuts them out from being a participant in their own growth. The minimum wage is a terrible idea. It doesn't bring people out of poverty. It creates opportunity for people not to be able to advance. The market is the market is the market. And the market already pays in many places over $15 an hour. Well, for all sorts of reasons. Maybe the job needs it. Maybe they want to just seem woke. Whatever the reason. So now you've got somebody who's worked there for 11 years or four years or whatever it is, getting $15 an hour, $20 an hour. Now you're going to bring people in off the street at, at lack of a better word, at $15 an hour. That creates a lot of hostility. So I'm glad that got cut. One of the things that did come up, the Senate voted 97 to 3 to support keeping the U.S. Embassy in Israel in Jerusalem. They voted 50-50 on a failed amendment to support the border wall. 50-50 on a failed amendment to supporting the free exercise of religion. I don't even know how it could be 50-50. They don't support the free exercise of religion? I got no idea. They voted 100 to nothing To oppose the defunding of police. Don't tell anybody in the House. Them Democrats are going to go crazy. 50-50 on a failed amendment opposing stimulus checks for people in prison. 50-50 on a failed amendment opposing the Biden administration's move to restrict oil and gas leasing on federal lands. This is such a bad idea. From the biden team ah oh, it's good it's there there's no win there's no good there's no joy that comes from this just a mistake 50 50 on a failed amendment opposing a federal carbon tax well okay wait opposing the oh no i oppose a federal carbon tax it's a terrible idea you you literally would have to be pete buddha judge to think that there should be a federal carbon tax and fifty-three forty-seven in favor of an amendment supporting the expansion of health savings accounts now you got my attention it's so interesting there are a couple things in there i think we're all like whoa, whoa whoa wait 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 tell me how that works are we talking about expanding health savings accounts in terms of the amount of money i can put in and therefore the amount of money i can save uh i max mine out i absolutely to the best of my ability max mine out and I think there are a lot of people who try to take advantage of that because it can, depending on, on what you have, it can roll over and, and everything else. And, and I, I like it because it allows you more control of your own dollar. But the $1.9 is coming. Now, there's been talk that the $1,400 payment isn't actually going to go to everybody. We're going to see how that plays out. Then there's, of course, the talk that the left is very angry that they were promised $2,000 checks. You said if we voted for Raphael Warnock in Georgia and John Ossoff in Georgia— We'd get $2,000 checks, and now it's only $1,400 checks. Added to the 600 they already sent is 2000 Not good enough for the progressives. So they've got their own fight. See how it plays out. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today.